This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson, flying solo today. Um, Thursday, three days before the Browns go to Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Browns are 2-1, and one, the Falcons are 1-2. and two. Uh, If you're a Browns fan, then you probably are if you're listening to this. Um, you're sick about not being 3-0. Uh, the Falcons have played three wild ones also. That's this league. Um, and, yes, I totally understand. I mean, the Browns are not 3-0 because of an epic, historic meltdown, the kind that hadn't happened in years since the last time the Browns did it, over two decades, right? You know that by now. Um, I think there's a lot of positive, encouraging signs with the Browns. You know, I, I don't think any of us thought the margin for error would be or would ever be too high. But the offense, I think, has been creative. It's been efficient. Brissett's been better than anybody advertised. Someone tweeted me this morning and said, oh, the, the Browns knew he'd be this good. It's you guys that didn't. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> you know, he's been a free agent quarterback again, and he's been around as a backup, but he's playing really well. Um, and I want to get into this maybe a little bit later. You know, you can take pro football focus grades for what they're worth, just like you can take any stat or any advanced stat, DVOA, and all this other stuff now, EPA, that everybody likes to quote. You can take all, any of that however you'd like. Um, for pro football focus grades, like they're grading every play of every game. They're grading every player, right? So they're not always going to be right, and they're not always going to know the proper assignment when it comes to certain things of defense and offensive line and you know where guys are really supposed to be on a given play, how it was drawn up in their meetings. You know, they are grading every play of every player. And so there, there's some work being put in. There, there's a baseline there. And Jacoby Brissett has made, I believe, 40 starts now in his career. In his Of his three highest PFF grades that he's ever gotten for quarterbacking an NFL game, two of the three are the last two weeks, number three and number one last week against the Steelers. So did you need that to know that he's playing well? No. Um you know, if you read, if you listen, the Browns have supported him. The players support him. He's no nonsense. He commands the huddle. The reasons the Browns went and got him are coming to fruition. He's unflappable. He's been through eight shit storms in six years in the NFL, right? He's been put in good spots. He's been put in bad spots. Uh, you know, he was drafted in the third round. He was a big-time college passer. There's pedigree there. Teams like him because he's smart, because he's likable. And if you look at the heat chart, this was in my Browns Rewind article, um, you know, basically the, the pass chart of where the ball is going and where it's completed. You know, 75% of them are going to the same area. And a lot of them, I think the fewest in the league or close to it, are going more than 15 yards. But guess what? They're getting there. Um, there's several times the ball, everybody in the stadium knows the ball's going to Amari Cooper. The ball's getting to Amari Cooper, right? And last year, uh, this offense failed in large part because it couldn't hit the layups to open up other things. And he's done it. 
Um, the Joku had a great game. I think the Brown, I think it's obvious when you go back and look at that game. The Browns thought they'd get Njoku over the middle a couple times, and they liked what they saw so much they kept going back. He kept catching it, right? You know, I think the success of the run game and where the safeties and linebackers have to align certainly makes it difficult for teams to double cover Amari Cooper or lean too much to one spot, even though they think he's going there and the ball's getting there. So um, perhaps most impressive, and, and this is just me, you know, in my my evaluation, Jacoby will tell you he's slow, right? He's, he's not a running quarterback. Um, and what we saw in practice in camp was a guy who was slow and an offense that was learning. And there's such timing involved with play actions and screens and stuff. And, you know, so much of that is, is a big part of the Browns offense. Well, he's gotten more comfortable with that. He's handled it. Um, he's obviously quarterback sneaked, which he's done for a lot of his career. And he's been great with that. I mean, that was a big part in putting the Steelers away. But he's made it hard for teams to get him on the ground. And even when he hasn't shaken guys off and completed passes, they haven't lost those yards. You know, the Browns are just getting guys their dream script, right? They're, they're, doing, they're running the ball. They're lining up. People know it's coming. They're having success. You know, they're using both backs. They're using a backup center as an extra tackle slash tight end. They're running guys in and out of the game. They're throwing, as I mentioned, to Cooper and Njoku on simple stuff, and it's all working. So, you know, there comes a circumstance in a time when they're not going to get their dream script. And sometimes that's just the other team played great, and sometimes that's a, a weird bounce or something silly that happened, or, you know, teams finally get him on the ground or gets a holding call, all of that stuff. But, man, you know, Jacoby Brissett gets an A for and, – and, yes, a little bit on a curve, right? Um but the way he's handled it. And, and one of the things that's most impressive to me with the offense, and this is not in anything you can find on a stat sheet or in an EPA or DFS or DVOA or whatever it is, um, you know they're going to run it. And you know they're good at running it. And they've invested in being good at the run. But like I see this team, I see the plays, and I don't know where they're going when they break the huddle. And that means the defense probably doesn't know where they're going. They run their base running plays left and right, you know. Um, Chubb's gotten a little more work. He hasn't been overworked. He's been in there to put games away. We know what Kareem does, and we know how Kareem finishes runs. <laughs> and I, There was a video going around the other day of one of Chubb's jump cuts in the Steelers game. I mean, the guy's just freaking phenomenal. He, he just is. So, you know, you got to keep those guys healthy, regardless of who's quarterbacking. Got to keep it moving. But to win that game last Thursday, um, just so important. Right. If you're going to win your division, if you're going to get to the playoffs, you have to win your home games. You have to win your division games. We know the bounce back part of it. And then you get out of it and you get that extra time for guys to heal, for the coaches to assess after three games. Hey, well, it worked. And so PFF numbers, again, DVOA numbers, anything after three games, you got to be careful. We all use it. We all talk about it. Right. But you got to be careful. It's only been three games and, and the circumstances, not only in the Browns games. But across the league, when you talk about where they rank and stuff, can be so different. But you know, you're you're adding, you're tweaking, you're finding out what worked, you're getting your young guys in there, and so for the Browns to have that identity where they have the two backs, and to know that the quarterback can at least hit the simple ones and not throw it to the other team, yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, the quarterback last year, and there's a PFF stat, um, something like on-target throws from a clean pocket, he's 33rd of 34 quarterbacks that have been graded to this point. Brissett's hitting his. That's not the only difference. 
it's a huge difference. Um, you know, I can tell you after the first game when he had three catches for 17 yards, when I went in the Browns locker room, I looked for Amari Cooper and the look on his face was not good. And all he's done since then is go back to back a hundred yards and he's looked like Amari Cooper. Right. So I don't know that we'll ever see 2017 Amari Cooper again. Uh, but he's, he's a really good player. I, and like he and Brissett both are just new guys that come in and all this uncertainty and, you know, guys that have seen a lot in this league and they've just, they've, they've produced, they've been pleasant. They've been reliable and that's what you can ask for. So like it's positive vibes. I, I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, kind of a trap game, a, a difficult game against an Atlanta team that is certainly way better than last year. Is, is this Falcons team any good or really ready to win? I don't know, you know, probably not on their own timeline, but we'll see. They've played a lot of good quarters football this year. Um, you know, probably should, should be two and one instead of one and two, but the chargers are all sorts of banged up and the Patriots are all sorts of banged up and they can't score. I just think, and I know you live and die with every play and I'm not going to talk you out of that, <laughs> but I just think if the Browns are four and two, you know, that would include taking care of business at home, winning AFC games, which is ultimately for tiebreakers and just continuing to get better and make work what you're good at. Um, we'll see because te teams are going to, um, defend differently, and, and each week it'll be a different challenge. The, the Falcons, D.C., is Dean Pease, who was with the Ravens for a long, long time, and, you know, what he'll do is what different than what Staley will do is different than what Belichick will do in a few weeks, and we'll see how teams defend this run game and try to put Jacoby Brissett in, in awkward spots. But the Browns have stayed a half step ahead. They haven't always stayed a full step ahead. You know, as mentioned before, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes you just win a quarter and a half like you did against the Steelers and you win the game and you're pleased as hell, right? So um, for the first time, there's some injury adversity. You know, even if there wasn't, like I said, this would be what I consider a, a dangerous game. And obviously sometime, um, you know, these teams, they have all this information. They know the passes are only going to certain places and to certain guys, and we'll see what the adjustments are. But I just think you have to feel mostly good. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. So, Obviously, on Monday, uh, Miles Garrett had the car accident. It's scary. He's really fortunate. Um, you know, he's back in the building. This is Thursday afternoon, just as practice is beginning, guys. So I don't have concrete updates on any of the injuries. It would seem like Miles is not going to play. I think we've probably all seen the video of post-accident. We know he wasn't well enough to come in the building on Wednesday. Um, and frankly, in the short term anyway, you know, football secondary. So you want to say, um, you know, it's come out that Miles has a problem with driving too fast. He seems to be a smart guy um, and a thoughtful guy. And hopefully, you know, this will be, you know, he'll realize how fortunate he is. He will clean that up and the Browns hope to have him back in a week or so. I don't know that Clowney's going to play. I'd say probably not. Um, Denzel Ward and JOK, I'm going to put in the maybe slash probably. I think the plan is to get Denzel out there. We'll see. JOK is going to go through, and he is right now as we're recording this, <clears throat> uh, limited individual drills. They need him. Um, they lost Anthony Walker in the last game, and that's a big loss. Jacob Phillips is freaky fast, and the team has waited on Jacob Phillips. You know, injuries derailed both of his first two years 
for a guy that was always kind of developmental anyway. He came in, he made a couple of really big plays down the stretch last week. There's just no replacing specifically in the short term uh, what Anthony Walker brought from an experienced leadership, captainship, diagnosing place. And I thought, frankly, he was all over the field in the first three games too. So that's a big loss for this defense that obviously still has things to work out. And, you know, it's not just in the numbers where the Browns pressure rate and rush rate goes way down when Miles isn't there. Obviously we know Miles changes games and, and can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Um, it changes everything about how teams attack the Browns and how they account for Miles, right? And we know when you have Miles and Clowney that they're both even better because you can only double one of them because Clowney's so stinking good against the run and he's so instinctual in some spots that he just does stuff that, again, the mere mortals can't do. If you play without both of those guys and also Taven Bryan, who's questionable, I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. And no offense to Taven, who's been a nice pickup for the Browns. He's not <laughs> Clowney or Garrett. Few are, right? Um, that, that's that's trouble. That is that's just trouble. That this defense is built around those guys making things happen, um, even when the defense isn't having communication issues at the back end. So, you know, Marcus Mariota is trying to prove he's still an NFL quarterback. Drake London and Kyle Pitts are kind of freakishly talented young guys, uh, you know, finding their way. Cordero Patterson's been around the league forever. He's the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week, a 31-year-old running back who used to be a receiver, used to be just a kick returner. He's been good. You know, the, the Falcons hired Arthur Smith to run a creative offense and to exploit weaknesses in defenses. So it's scary. I, I don't think – and I've been wrong because I thought the Browns would play a bunch of low-scoring games um, – you know, I don't think this is a 16-13 type game. I think you got to get to 24. So there's different ways to go about that. And obviously the Browns would love to have as many 10, 12, 75, 79-yard drives as possible. Um, they would love to have the lead in the fourth quarter and shorten it and, um, you know, turn it over to those monster running backs who have had the extra rest this week. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, you just have to hope, frankly, that Miles and Clowney can play next week. And uh, if I'm wrong about that, I'm wrong about that. Like I said, we're, we're still darn near 72 hours from the game. And even if the Browns know on Miles, and I think they do, there are obvious strategic reasons why you don't give this stuff away. And obviously, Miles would love to play, and the Browns would love to have him. We do. He's going to speak to reporters on Friday afternoon, and then we'll kind of have a better idea of, you know, can he use his hands? Can, can he, does he have full flexibility in his shoulders? And what that means probably for next week again. But we'll see. So, you know, everybody has injuries. The Browns were fortunate to a point, and then it got to like the third quarter last week, and they've not been fortunate since then. You know, obviously they played with Clowney. We'll see. I think it was big that they didn't put Clowney on IR because that would have been at least four games, and maybe he'll play. Um, he's a guy that's been through a lot and, frankly, doesn't need to practice. So that would be big. JOK, obviously, is is a rare cat who covers a lot of ground. And, you know, maybe you don't ever think he's going to play 17 because of how he's built. But when you have him out there, I mean, he closes things down on people real quick, especially an offense like Atlanta that's going to give you stuff you don't normally see. Um, he can close a lot of space on that fast turf. And we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, we, we've been over what, what I see from the offense, which I think is, has been promising. Not perfect, but promising. You know, eventually, I'm going to need more from the rest of the receiving core. Eventually, are there reps for the other running backs, for the Harrison Bryants, for those guys? Sure, but, I mean, stick with what works, right? You got two Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl guards who just kick people's asses. Um, 
you got two running backs, one who was an NFL rushing champ and one who might be, who certainly you can make a strong case that he's the best running back in the game right now. And they're going at people. <laughs> and the quarterback behind them is not making mistakes and the coach is mixing it up to keep it fresh and unpredictable and keep those guys fresh for when they need them. Uh, it's exciting. So the Chargers have been ravaged by injuries. We're looking at a Brian Hoyer homecoming game in a couple of weeks and nobody inside the building um, is looking that far ahead. So if you want to think five and one, it's doable, right? You want to think four and two, that's kind of where I'm thinking that would still be fine. Um, just big picture, like look at the schedule. I don't care who's quarterbacking at Baltimore, which where the Browns go in, in mid to late October at Buffalo two games, you know, those are really stiff challenges and, and you hope to get something from those games. You're probably not going to win them. But Jets showed, and then they, you know, they bounced back with half of it. You got to get your division wins. You got to get your home wins. Um, every team along the way is going to piss one away that they shouldn't and then steal one. And obviously, as a fan, you're hoping you can steal two or three against teams who are better than you. But I'm just really impressed by the Browns. And there are teams that are better than them. Buffalo's one of them. You know, I don't know if Baltimore is or not with this, the shape of their – offensive line and secondary right now, but the Browns are just about as good as anybody as currently constructed through their body of work through three games. It's, it's really been impressive. And so you're allowed to say, damn, we should be three and zero, right? So we'll see. Um, there's, there's things to clean up and you need your dudes for one that that's an evergreen thing. And then obviously, you know, we thought this secondary, this back seven of the defense would be a real strength. And so if you're looking at playing at least one game without your two monsters up front, you lose your team captain in the middle. Um, you know, Denzel's banged up and, and you've had issues with getting everybody back there on the same page. Um, it, it is concerning. So we'll just see how that goes. I think a safe prediction would be that this game's going to be up for grabs with five minutes left or three minutes left, or maybe even 90 seconds left. And we will see, um, how that goes on Sunday. I did put out a call out for some asking Jackson questions. Now I got to say the first couple that I saw were not great. Um, I'm going to bring them up here. Question from John Michael. How many more weeks can Stefanski scheme guys open before teams start to adjust? I, we, we've been over that. It's a fair question, but guys are open. Like I said, I think to a large extent, you're always, this offense does scheme guys open. There's no doubt about it. And when you hit those layups, it opens things up. And when you run the shit out of the ball the way the Browns do, it opens things up in the play action. And to get Kareem involved in the screen game, a flea flicker screen last week, um, I think that Browns actually had run that before. I don't remember exactly when, but you know, there, there has been good uh, energy and good creativity there. Like, like I said, if they play in this script where they mostly have the lead or they feel like as they did in Pittsburgh where – where the defense was worn down and they can run at them and they drove 11 plays and only one was a pass. I mean, that's the dream. Is that always going to be that? We don't know. Um, even in these three games, we've seen the odd circumstances come up 58 yard field goal and obviously leading by two scores under the two minute warning and not getting it done. Um, you know, the, the Steelers outplayed the Browns in the first half, the Browns dominated the second half. That was good enough. So we'll see what circumstances those bring. But I think you could say this. I think you could say, yeah, Jacoby probably comes to earth a little bit or teams probably defend him a little differently. Um, but he still plays well enough to give him a chance. And if Cooper's healthy, um, until much further notice, I think that's that's the most important thing for that. So, of course, you want all these guys to develop. 
Um, you know, we'll see. At defensive end, if it's not Clowney and Garrett, it's rookie Alex Wright for sure. It's Isaac Rochelle, who's been around the league five or six years. Uh, and then the rookie Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, they kind of want to redshirt. He was active last week, didn't play. But he would, he would have to play. They brought Curtis Weaver back on the practice squad. He's been around for a couple of years. You know, he's not an NFL quality player, but he'll give you snaps if you need to. Um, Cade York needs to make his extra points. He can kick a 63-yarder in, in, inside in Atlanta. Well, he, he can. Um, it appears there's been a punt return change made, and Chester Rogers actually caught the ball and looked comfortable doing it. That's progress. So, yeah, there's concerns about the defense and the special teams here. Um, but I think they're playing pretty well. Question from Mikey T 1991. When Deshaun is back, does this team have enough at receiver along with the excellent run game to be a real threat this year? And beyond? Well, sure. On paper they do. And when this run game's humming, like I said, uh, the Browns are in it with anybody and good enough to beat just about anybody. Eventually it will be a different offense. It will have opportunities to be a completely different offense. Do you want to lose your roots and your strength and your power? No. Um, can you rely on that in most spots? Yeah, as long as you have your offensive lineman and both backs healthy. Yes, you can. Is there enough at receiver? There's probably not. Probably not close. But you can't do it all in one offseason, and we'll see. You know, um, on Cleveland Radio this week, there's been a lot of discussion of, is Deshaun even elite? He has elite talent. You know, when he comes back, we're going to be looking at 700 days since he's played uh, in a brand-new environment, team, scheme everything in which he's played he's been away he's had all of this stuff swirling around him um you know he's available because he did these things right he hasn't played in two years because he did these things and the nfl finally got around to punishing him um the browns took that on because they think that they're good they wouldn't make that move if they didn't think they were good um and they think they're ready to go to the next level eventually so we'll see you know, in this offense, there's not a ton of reps for a David Bell, a rookie slot receiver. You know, um, I think they've tried like hell to get Anthony Schwartz involved. At times, it's worked. A lot of times, it hasn't. You know, keeping him in the bullpen, continuing to develop him, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it was they needed Peoples-Jones in week one. He stepped up big. He had flashier plays as a rookie. He did not play a better game or a more make more important catches than he did in week one. Amari's been great. Um, now, last year – against the Chargers, Njoku had his big game and then disappeared for a month. But if he can build on that, I mean, we know what this guy is. He's big, he's fast. Stefanski's not lying when he says they ask him to block more than a lot of the, the top tight ends in the league get asked to block. And he's not a top tight end in the league yet, but he has the ability to do that. That's why the Browns keep investing in him. So, again, I'll quit rambling. Um, thank you guys for listening. We'll see. Um, stay tuned on The Athletic, on my Twitter feed, all of that stuff for updates. Uh, Friday afternoon will be the injury report. I would expect Garrett will be out. We'll see on the other guys. And the Browns will fly on Saturday. They'll be in their all-whites. Uh, I almost called it the Georgia Dome. It's no longer the Georgia Dome. It's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, on Sunday, where they try to get to 3-1 and one against the Falcons, and then they come home for two with the Chargers and the Patriots. So um, I just think, Browns fans, you should be pleased with what you've seen. Uh, I, I think the Browns wouldn't be in this position to make a mini run here if, if they weren't good, really good in some areas, didn't have the pieces here. And there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, Jacoby's been good enough and things have been going well enough with the exception of two minutes against the Jets that no one's talked about to Sean. You know, we're about 11 days from him getting back in the building and then eventually the, all that will come down. But <clears throat> the Browns have a lot of 
difficult games and big challenges to answer um, before that comes. They got a big test on Sunday. And um, to back up what I said and what I think is encouraging, they can go win this game. If they don't, we'll all get together here and we'll panic again. Talk to you guys soon.